Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 38 of the Velocity Podcast. David here with my man Craig. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm hanging in. I'm hanging well, in. Well, I was going to say, like, don't say good because, I, well, you are good, but we're you're, you're working through some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Starting to, last week was a big week for us at Velocity. Um, 108 coaches that came and worked with us live um, on, a, on a five-day experience and um suitably impressed to the point where a lot of them now are coming to work with us in our main program so um, we've got a lot of work to do uh, to bring them on board to make sure they have the most amazing experience and start getting some results straight away um but yeah it's uh it's a lot it's a lot of work at the moment but it's brilliant at the same time we're so pleased to be able to be welcoming these coaches in and uh and getting them getting them rocking and rolling with the other half of their business which is actually what they need to do to grow it mm. And you said to me, the first thing you said to me this morning was that you feel like you're about to be getting ill, which I'm not, I wasn't pleased to hear. Yeah, you know that, You, I mean, you've had it recently, but you know that feeling. We're not very good advocates for health, are we, you and me? We keep, <laughs> one of us is going down. But um, yeah, it's that feeling, that anticipation of like the throat just starts to kind of cut a little bit and the head is a little bit fuzzy, a little bit harder to get out of bed in the morning. And you think, mm, it's on its way. But um, positive mental attitude and all that. I'll be fine. You'll be all right. How are but you? I'm, I'm at the tail end. I do think, though, that, you know, sometimes you you get ill yourself and then you naturally talk about it like we are now with uh, with friends. And then they say, oh, yeah, I was ill last week and oh, lo loads of people have got it at the moment. And that there is that, even though sometimes I think it's bollocks, but I, I think it's a genuine thing that prevalence of a particular bug or whatever can can go massively high, a bit like the COVID thing where, if it's very contagious and you know it's nice weather outside lots of people are engaging you know, and against away from the world of lockdowns that things can spread pretty fast and i've heard a lot of other people in the last seven days have been knocked down for five six seven eight days with the, with a thing and i think that's what i've got because i'm uh seven days in now and i'm i'm only just coming up to like a seven out of ten yeah well i tell you what we could use we could leverage the power of our podcast with the yes. millions of listeners and just say, listen, let us know if in the last seven days you too have been feeling unwell and um, we'll be able to formulate some serious numbers and some very significant data on the back of the audience that we have here at Velocity. Although I will say, I will say, Go on, there, are, say? there are more and more people saying, I've been listening to your podcast. So that's great to hear. Um, it is. It is good fun. And you, you and I, this podcast is both fun. It's an opportunity to talk to trainers right in there in in a medium that i'm sure that and we know they use a lot in podcasts um but it's also an opportunity for us to document what we're doing and uh although we joke i think if you if you are an avid loyal listener and you've gone back to episode one you'll hear us taking the piss out of ourselves for the fact that probably no one's listening but that's okay you and i enjoy chatting to each other but it is nice to hear that there's a little bit of traction and that some people are finding it and they're finding it entertaining and or educational yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, tell your friends, keep it going. Keep us happy. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Three things, as always. Three is our magic number. We use the power of constraint to help keep our podcast content both concise, but interesting. And we're going to talk about the challenge that we've just uh, wrapped up, as Craig said earlier, because we've done this five times now. The one that we just finished was our fifth. And we've learned a lot in iterating this system of promotion Essentially, that's what it is. And we've got it to a point now where we know 
what we do that makes this work. And when I say work, it, we attract coaches to come and work with us for free. Because Craig said we had 108 with us live on Zoom. And we know also what gives us the best chance of a good number of those wanting to actually work with us long term. And we're going to share three. There are more. There are many lessons, but there are three big ones that we chatted about pre-hitting record on this podcast today. And they pertain to promoting something. In, the, in our case, it's the challenge, but you can apply this to what you're doing, whether it's a challenge or not. So there's a lesson in a lesson or two in promoting. There's a lesson in delivery, and there's a lesson in selling. And so, Craig, I'll hand to you first to kick us off on promoting. Kind of a two-in-one. We think about eyeballs. And we also think about having a clear message. Do you want to kick us off on what we mean by getting eyeballs? Yeah. So um, this kind of language is born out of years of coaching personal trainers and trying to trying to let them know that having like having a really good thing that you want to give away for free or whatever the promotion is that you're running, it literally falls on deaf ears if you don't get enough eyeballs on your stuff. So a classic mistake is we see a lot of people putting a lot of work into building the promotion, the thing that they're going to do, and they set their time aside and they organize everything. And then when it comes to actually promoting it, they kind of don't really get out of second gear. And so a message that we're frequently saying to people is, listen, if you've built this thing, if you want this thing to deliver for you and to give you, you know, what it can give you, you've got to get as many eyeballs on your stuff as you can, i.e., as many people that may be interested in what you've got to offer need to actually see it and engage with it. Otherwise, multiple, it's multiple times as well. It's not just once. They're going to need yeah. to see it many times before they do any, most do anything. Yeah, you've got to slap them in the face with it a few times and they've got to read that message. And that's what you'll come to in a second. And it's got to click with them. So, yeah, it might be that the first time they brush over it, the second time they read the first couple of words, the third time they're like, well, what, what's this bloody thing that I keep seeing then? And they give it a little bit more attention. But if you don't cast your net wide, if you don't put it out there, then you're going to be disappointed with what you get back. And just because you think what you've got is fucking good, it doesn't mean that people are going to read it for the first time and think, wow, this is amazing. So you've got to go volume. You've got to catch people at the right time. We could put exactly the same advert out in two months time and hit a completely different audience because they're ready to receive it. Whereas last week they weren't. And the people that received it last week in two months time probably won't want to see it. So, you know, that's marketing 101 is we've got to be able to repeat that, that, that frequency of work, but get as many eyeballs on our stuff as we possibly can. And, put a little bit of context around around the volume we how you can promote a thing whether this is an in-person like mostly be an in-person thing for you but we're talking to people every single day so we start with the people who we're already in conversation with and we let them know about it and for us that's that's hundreds and hundreds of coaches that we have active conversations with on various social media profiles or via whatsapp and then we have new people that don't we don't yet know about. So we're reaching out to, I don't know how many we got to in the end, Craig, but it was thousands, wasn't it, that we reached out to individually? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people that we've, um, people that have already engaged with our content at some stage or another, whether they're part mm. of our free group or wherever or it is. Someone yeah, else's free group, like there's, you know, there's other names that we've got from various places, right? That we've stacked up that data. And if you yeah. don't have it, that's that's another another conversation. But we did that. We put out social media content and emails for three weeks straight, as in one a day for 21 days, just all talking about the challenge, about how it might benefit them and what other people have got from it in the past. 
And then we, in our language, we actually did some paid advertisement, but that's only because the stuff organically that we've done in the past over the last four times had worked. So we were able to turbo boost that with some paid advertisement. So it's just the volume and getting as many eyeballs on it as possible. Now, the, the messaging, I'm going to share this little story because I think it's the best metaphor and analogy I've got for the message that you need to put together. Because once I understand the volume, it's like, okay, cool. What am I saying? I, I remember back in athletics classes in school, mate. And I, uh, you know, in, in, when you're doing athletics, like you cycle through different sport, like different uh, events of, of athletics. Mm. And you might do shot put, then you do long jump and stuff. And I remember it came to the day we had to do hurdles. And it was 110 meter hurdles, and I and my hips had never been that flexible, and I was dreading it because I, even though they'd lowered those hurdles down, I was like, Gosh, I'm, I'm going to stack it anyway. So I lined up in in on the start line with seven of my fellow classmates, and I I cannot think about the race. I can't think about how fast I'm going to do it in or whether I'm going to win because all I can think about was the first hurdle because I was so I was so scared of like basically cracking my bollocks on it or. <laughs> For context, me and David aren't the tallest human beings no. in the world either. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> five, five, nine at the best. But so I was thinking about I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to hit my knee. I'm going to stack it, probably knock, in, knock myself into someone else. I'm not going to get over that first hurdle and everyone's going to laugh at me. They're going to point and laugh and I'm going to look stupid. Anyway, the reason I tell you that story is that we can translate that to marketing. And because the people to whom you want to advertise have a problem that they're facing today and they cannot see past that problem. And if you market and, and sell the big thing to them, if you try and sell completing the race in the fastest time against your schoolmates, in my case, I can't hear you. All I'm, all I'm worried about is getting over that first freaking hurdle and not hurting myself. So if someone comes up to me and talks to me specifically and exclusively about that, I'm going to listen. And I think a lot, of, a lot of coaches don't quite have their message clear because they're not speaking to the first hurdle that they're the people whose attention they want to attract um, is facing. They're, they're talking about, like achieve an amazing body or achieve your best self. I realize your potential, like get back to the body you had at 18, 18, 25 years old, whatever. And, um, and what we did in the challenges, we got really specific. We said, we're going to help you with a plan to get you fully booked in five days. It's a believable idea. It's something that we can deliver on every single time. And it's people are worried like, how am I going to fill my diary? How am I going to get the clients I need? And so we, we serve that problem. Mm. Yeah, so significant, isn't it? When you can see it in marketing all the way, all, all the way through social media and in the conversations we have with coaches, where it's very much about, you know, the big, big outcome that people are selling. And you use the word believable. It's just it's not believable for people because they don't believe in themselves. They, you know, they've yeah. got uh, they've got self-limiting beliefs. They've got things holding them back. You know, most of the coaches that we that we were speaking to were earning you know between maybe a thousand and two thousand pounds a month so if, if we start painting a picture of 10k months to them we're just going to set ourselves in a circle of those you know wanky snake oil mentors in dubai and so what we did instead was say hey listen let's put a plan together that's going to get you fully booked and that's the the first milestone that then is going to open up a whole bunch of options for you in your business which is absolutely true so yeah very important and that's, it's an interesting point you, you make there, mate, because the believability, if you lack believability in the message, people are going to respond to it with like, oh, you're just bullshitting. That's a lie. You're just trying to fool me. Or it, it, you get this, def like the defenses come up. Yeah. And that, that, you know, applies in our industry in respect of business coaching, but it applies in the world, you know, gen pop health and fitness. If someone says, um, oh, no, you can achieve, you, know, you can get strong, you can get lean, you can lose all that weight. People will say, oh, but it's easy for you to say, or, 
oh, but yeah, they, they, they can do it because they've already got this. And you get this a bit of a victim mindset response, but it's mm. understandable because they don't believe it. They've not enough self-belief, like you say, to understand that it's possible and it's easier for them to say that to make them feel better in the moment than it is to say, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. And when you think about what marketing is, at that level, all we need to do, first of all, is just capture some attention so we can earn some we can earn some more time with them and then we can go a little bit deeper. So if you want to catch their attention, it's got to feel believable. It's got to feel like in their grasp and it's got to be something that's going to appeal to them. Like David said, not whacking his nutsack on the first hurdle, first of all, needs to work out how am I going to do that? And then we can start to talk to him about how to actually win the race. Yeah. Just don't talk too much about nutsacks. <laughs> Point number two on, on delivery. So this is when it when it comes to what we did on our challenge. And we had we were grateful. We had a, a lot of positive feedback about what we did. And we were very happy for that. And I, I think the first thing I'll say is like, this is the fifth time we've done it. I'm going to remind you that, you know, we've worked, we've done some work to get to a point where our delivery is on point. And I'm sure we can find ways to continually improve. But it takes some, takes some effort. And one of, the, one of the big lessons that we learned from one of our coaches in the past was, Show know-how, but know-how. And I've got to just spell this out for you. So the word know-how is the word know, K-N-O-W, and how, right? That That is like you need to show that you know your shit, i.e. You, you know how to overcome that first hurdle and help me not, not, not hit my nutsack on the first hurdle. You need to show that you've got your knowledge, right, which you guys do. But know-how, as in N-O, none, don't show any how. So Craig, we tell them, we, you know, we encourage you, and like we did on the challenge, tell people exactly what they've got to do, but don't show them or do it for them or show them how they've got to do it. Yeah, exactly that. We gave away so much in Fully Booked in Five, five days of genuine value, knowing that, knowing that if you really wanted to, you could take away everything that we gave them and they could then go on their own quest by themselves to figure out how to implement all of those ideas. And we even voice that as an absolutely legitimate option. Yeah. You know, at the end of this thing, you can take all of these, all of these things that we've given you, you can take it away and you can try and go and figure it out for yourself. This we're, segue we're, into the point number three, by the way, as well. Like we're gonna, yeah, we're, gonna yeah, so we're sure. actually gonna almost cover two in one here, I think. Yeah, it does blend for sure. Um, but yeah, in your content, you're not you're not gonna talk about how. And what that is naturally going to do is it's going to raise a lot of curiosity. It's going to raise a lot of questions around what it is that their next steps look like. They've now got the kind of, they now know where the destination is. They know what the thing is. They know what, if we talk about sort of getting somewhere, they know that they're going to Aberdeen. They know that they've got a car and the car's got the wheels on and the air's in there and the engine's working and the tank's fuel full. But um but they don't quite know what the journey is. They don't quite know exactly when to turn left and right. Well, no, the, maybe the, the metaphor there is they know which roads to take. You've got to get the A1 and then at junction this, you've got to get onto that motorway and then you've got to do that. And then the, 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 the end of it, which segues nicely into the next bit is, cool, you can go on that eight hour journey on your own or would you like me to drive you there? Do you want me to be in the car with you in the passenger seat and we'll do it together so I can, I can tell you when to turn, when to indicate and when to turn off and how, all the shortcuts and everything like do you want to join me to do that because i know that i've done i've been that journey from Bristol or hertfordshire up to aberdeen many times and we'll get there faster with less stress if you come if you come on that journey together either way it's fine like you've got two options here but that that's the fundamental difference for me 
Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about this being our fifth one. And this is such a great reminder for everyone as a coach thinking about how do I showcase that I have the solution to someone's problem, which we talk about all the time. I'm sure we would have mentioned this on one of the previous uh, podcast episodes. But, it, you know, we we got this wrong. We were very scared when we first started doing this to give away too much. Mm, we were yeah, fearful yeah. that if we teach them all of this stuff, they're just going to say, actually, no, you've given me enough. I'm going to go away and do this. What we learned was that's what you want to target. You mm. actually you actually want to find some people that are going to finish your five days and go. And this happened, by the way, we have had conversations with people on the back of this one. They went, that was so good. You've absolutely filled my head with ideas. I just want to go and figure this out by myself now. And actually, if that's the type of person that they are, you've done your job and they will go away and figure it out for themselves. And if they can't, guess who they're going to come back to? They're going to come straight back to you and say, actually, I've tried, but I think I need some help with this. And then you're going to hire them. Sorry, then they're going to hire you as their personal trainer in this example. But for the vast majority of people, you will give away such valuable information. And we had some messages that were like, if this is what you do for free, I cannot like begin to imagine what's going to be in your paid thing. So get me in and get me signed up. Mm. That's exactly what you want to have for your personal training business is that people do something with you. And it's, it's as, of such significant value that they're like, shit, if this guy's doing this for free, how good is he going to be if I pay him? How good is he or she going to be? If I actually have some sessions with this person, that is your mission is to over deliver, go beyond what people would expect to get for free, whether that's in one trial session or whether it's in a, in a challenge or something that you deliver to your avatar to help them get their nutsack over that first hurdle. Yeah. So in summary, there's four things you need to do. And this is a model that we learned when we learned the show know how, but know how is Step one is you need to explain why you're doing what you're doing. And that, in essence, will come in the message that you send out there to get hand raises, to get people booked onto your thing. And it will all extend all the way through to the coaching of your clients, right? You need to explain why you're doing what you're doing and what the use is going to have for them. Step two is you show them what to do. These are the steps that you've got to take over the next month or 12 or whatever the, whatever the duration you need to achieve the thing they want. And then the third step, this is where you, you reserve this stuff for your paid clients only. So you stop here for prospects. You then, sh you then show your clients how to do it. And you hand in hand, arm, arm in arm, arm around shoulder, whatever. You're going to walk with them on the journey. This is how we do it. And then the fourth, the fourth one is this is your next step in this moment. So every week you're checking in with your clients, you're seeing them live, you're coaching them, and you're saying, this is what we're focused on today. And this is what you're going to be focused on this week. And you get down to the micro. And so if you do all of those four things for clients, you chop it in half and you just do the first two prospects and you will not go far wrong. Yeah. And every, everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Step, step three is selling. And the lesson is don't. Craig, what do we mean by this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go out there with the intention to achieve what we've just been talking about. Go out there with the intention to help people and you will do some of the best selling work that you've ever done. If you go out there with a mindset of selling, it's going to come across in that way and you're going to repel the very people that you really, really want to attract. Yeah. So I think the first step for this, and this is something that we're certainly very aware of, is we want to clear the air with any of these things. We want to say to people, listen, this thing is not about me selling to you. I'm just going to try and help you. I want to give you as much as I possibly can in the time that we've got. I want to try and make sure that you have you know, the tools to be able to go forward and do A, B, and C. But 
if you do want to hear about how I can help you, then I'll make sure that there's an opportunity for you to do that. And we can talk about it another time. I'm not going to be doing that here because that's not what this is about. Um, but if you do want to hear about how I might be able to help you after that, we can cover that later on. And so clearing the air is really, really important. And what you did there was you explained how you, you create two spaces, the space in which I'm going to help you and the space in which you can step into if you want to learn more about what it would look like if we were to work together. Mm. And there's so much happening in this very simple strategy that number one is in your mind, we know that many trainers are kind of concerned because they don't want to be that sleazy sales fucker. They want to, they want to help and they, they genuinely want to do and they don't want to create those awkward environments. So the best way you can mitigate that is create the space by saying, we're going to focus on you now and I'm going to give you as much help as I possibly can. And later, if, big word, if, and that implies that not everyone will and you don't have to, there's no obligation. If you want to learn a bit more about what it would look like, again, like you're kind of not assuming, you're not putting pressure on, would look like if we were to work together, then you can let me know. And what all we did is we asked for a thumbs up emoji in a chat sequence of a Zoom window and said, do you want to do it? And we had about 20 people say, would love to learn a bit more. And so we then can start some conversations off the back of that. And if you can, if you can insert that ideology of separate spaces and then invite if they want to learn more, you're going to start getting a lot more interest and inquiries into your business. Yeah. And, and the polar opposite of that, by the way, is that you don't do any of that stuff. You don't show anybody anything. And you just say, listen, if you want to come and work with me, then let's sit down and talk about how much it costs. And what that does is it closes off all of the value. Now, all of a sudden, you're just a personal trainer and nobody has any idea about how much value you can bring to their life. So you're either going to have to charge hardly anything or you're going to be looking for very, very low hanging fruit. People that have already heard about you getting great results with other people and have already made up their mind that they are buying from a coach and they're pretty sure that you're the one that they want. And listen, if you can do that on tap and take yourself to the finance level that you want to in your business, then all the power to you. But most business in any industry appreciates that we need to showcase and we need to be able to actually give that significant value for someone to be able to, to make a decision. You know, is this an investment that I want to make now that I understand what it is that they can give me? And that's that's what we try to achieve with all of our coaches and certainly the way that we do things at Velocity as well. And I think the difference between those two mentalities is that the one where you don't let people in to really see what you can do without sales pressure um, means that you can not just get the low hanging fruit because they're coming anyway. You don't have to work that hard to get the low hanging fruit by the definition of that analogy. They're just literally the apples there. You just got to reach up and grab it. Yeah. But if you want the middle hanging fruit and the high hanging fruit, you're going to have to think about things in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, and that is the segue to the pinnacle of the podcast episode that we run. That is fun facts. I'm going to go first because you'll be pleased to know I don't have a deeply thought through fact this this week. I just Thanks found one that made me... <laughs> I just found one that made me smile. Um, and because I, I like language, I'm doing a lot of writing these days in terms of content and creation for our, our, our clients. And it turns out, you know, if you if you're writing and you want to you want to write a question that you're that you have that has a bit of exclamation to it and so you end up writing a question mark and an exclamation mark at the same time because you're like what the fuck just happened here right you would do that at the end that's the name and it has a it has an absolutely cracking name it's called an interrobang 
An interrobang. Interrobang. It was invented during the 1960s. It was, it. It was, um, a combination of punctuation made it easy to add for advertisements to express emotional questions like the one that I just I just gave you as an example. And I thought, that's a wicked little name for a punctuation. Punctuation is often fucking boring, a full stop. But an, I want to put an interrobang into my copy. Happy days. I can just see that now. My daughter at school going yeah. up and to her teacher. I'm going to definitely teach her this and just be like, yeah. um, Miss, can I just text? Should I put an interrobang at the end of this sentence and see and she can let me know what happens? <laughs> yeah, do it. Love it. Okay, well, mine is... um. Mine's just weird. Uh, but you, you know how sort of countries have random laws and rules? This yeah. one's bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is common knowledge, but certainly not to me. Switzerland prohibits the ownership of just one guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> just one, so you can have two or more. Since guinea pigs are such social creatures, one guinea pig would get lonely. So having just one is considered animal abuse in Switzerland. Wow. So it's a genuine law. You are not allowed to own one guinea pig in Switzerland. Wow. Imagine being the guy or gal that sits in, I don't know, the government office, yeah. like coming up with these laws, thinking, do you know what? Those people with one guinea pig, they are a bunch of, you know, yeah. twats. Looking over, at gonna... his looking over at his lonely guinea pig in the corner thinking, I need to change this. This isn't right. <laughs> Team, thank you so much for tuning in for another Velocity podcast. That's episode 38. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon. See you soon, team.